they got they, they pretty cost quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And once they once they sold a lot of the fancy ones, the price came down a little bit. And then they uh, act technically that's yours if it matters. Oh, it doesn't matter. To me. <laughs> it, it's nice to see if they burn the same, but they they should if they've been in my humidor long enough. Um, so you know that backstory, and so then the price came down. They started selling them in the not so fancy, you know, Perfecto torpedo thing. Connecticut generally is mild, so this could be a mild smoke, um, not super. Sometimes not super flavorful, but that's one of the things that's scar people have been doing. You, you try to get a if you're going to use the the a mild Connecticut, use maybe a little stronger binder and kick mm-hmm. the, try to kick the flavor up without making it too powerful for a. Connecticut, but I like Connecticut's um, quite a bit. Sometimes they get a little a touch of sweet woodiness, and sometimes that's all you get. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's my ten second. You don't. You don't have to try to miss anybody. <laughs> try to what? You don't have to try to try to talk too too fancy about it. Watched some random cigar video recently that, you know how you kind of, I, I try never to judge people by appearance, but you know how you sometimes can't help? Oh, sure. And this, the guy that, not a guy I ever watch, but he, he's a guy that has some cigar videos and, yeah, I'm going to do this video, I invited my brother to come along, I'm thinking, and I'm looking at him like, this guy's going to be an idiot, you know? <laughs> and he was totally like. that general idiot look about him? Yeah, he did, and he's just totally like, oh yeah, I think I'm getting, and he was like. Like talking super smart, like his voice kept pronounced and really, really intelligent. Sounded intelligent anyway. You had a, like, a dirtbag disguise, like I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like I really need to quit judging people. You know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Are you lit? Or are you waiting? I'm, I'm waiting. I took a pre-draw. Touch of sweet, touch of tingle that went up in my nose. Mostly kind of kind of sweet, earthy leaf. Do you want the survival <clears throat> bick? Sure. Don't have to be. Oh, I don't like. I tear those things off. My dad got me doing that years ago when they when they started putting the protective thing on them so the kids can't light them. Oh. He just he always would just grab him with his needle and pliers and tear him off. Interesting. He always made him mad when he was trying to light a cigarette. And never thought about it. I the the and actually I have a <clears throat> practical reason for tearing them off, and that's because if you don't light it with your thumb, it, it's hard to light it with your with your index finger. Harder. Mm. Okay. Harder. Yeah, harder. Good. Um, and so if you're trying to point it down your pipe. Mm-hmm. It, it's extra hard. I will say that the uh, the Connecticut is really just kind of a normal. There isn't really anything that jumps out at you too much. Got a good light. <sighs> Sometimes they can be a little creamy. First puff of this is it's got just a got a hint of tingle on it, which I wouldn't expect. I'll 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 concur with creamy. 
Never smoked one that seemed really oily. Typically, I think the oily comes from little older ones, but that might not be accurate. Ah, so what's going on in Doug's world? Well, been taking a day off here and there to look for a job. Been thinking I've got five days, and the way vacation is usually figured is if you take five days, you kind of get the weekend because sometimes we're weekend workers working on Sunday and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking I might take the last week of August off and just tell the just boy be done a week early. Yeah, with your, um, you know, if they said they wanted me to hang around and were really going to push me, I might say, okay, I'll. Maybe I'd, maybe I'd say I'd come in and help Katie. But I think next week is is when Katie starts, and I think I can... So they hired her. They hired her, officially. She accepted. And so I think I can put in four and a half days and get a nice transition plan handed to Clark and get her started on her training and then say, you know, okay, I think my job's done. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the plan, anyway. Cool. Tracy's leaving with the girls. We're trying to plan like twice a month where she goes somewhere, like noon on Friday, and then I have Friday and Saturday to work on the property. Mm -hmm. Properties. <laughs> yeah. And that plan, I mean, that's what's going to happen this weekend. Okay. So I got to get I got to get do some serious managerial thinking instead of just doing projects. I got to yeah. start. Yeah. Because I got to start saying, yeah. all right. Sooner or later, these jobs on my other property are going to be done, and or we won't pass inspection. I don't care if I pass inspection. Yeah. Um, because because like, they just they just go put you in a queue again and right give you a certain amount of time. Yeah. So, um, but there are some things I don't. There are some things I know I can do that I want to do. I took a checklist over. It's like okay, like yeah, these are these are easy. I'll do them. Anything that I'm like, that's hard. Are they actually going to call me on it? Then I just kind of kind of laugh. Yeah. Um, See if you can get by without having to make it do it. Okay, now purge. Let's see what happens on my lips. You gotta make that sound because that's what cool right. people do when mm -hmm. they taste wine, cigars. It actually works, and I notice it. it, it I think I notice it more with. Wine, wine and pipe tobacco than I do with cigars, but there's something about as you're drawing in just a little bit of air, and it somehow intensifies certain flavors on your tongue. Like smoking that burly. That burly was just kind of nice, but when I would do that, I would get some of the sweet. Like there's something sweet laying on my tongue that I'm not tasting until I kind of breathe it in, and mm -hmm. you know, and that made it better. Some of that stone fruit coming through. Yes, actually, and it was a little stone fruit-like. I took the girls home. Tracy was dead when I came home yesterday. I came home at 6, and I'm just like, all right, what's the fastest supper I can make for both of us? Tracy frustrates me because she says supper's at 6, and she usually does a star supper until 5.50, but whatever, that's life. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like, okay, she just... 
it's one of those times where she's not where it's you look at her and it's obvious she's not being lazy. She's just zapped, done. And I'm like, oh crap, I'm gonna take care of my wife and kids. And she wanted to go out at eight, but it's like sometimes she just doesn't. She's yeah. zapped and she stays home. Cooked as fast as I could, got the girls at the table, said, We're gonna we're gonna go to the park. Quick as I could, got them fed into that thing, which is awesome. We went the long way to the park. Had a great time, and I said, I can't stay at the park long. So we had a good little jaunt, had my pipe lit before we left, and enjoyed it. We came back, sat in the yard to watch bats. Oh, yeah. And, uh, they are out. Which they love. Fia, when they, oh, she'll see one, she just sighs, you know, mm-hmm. and watches it, gasps or whatever. And, um, and by the time we got back from the park, the van was gone. So between 6 and about 8.15, two hours of eating and going to the park, Tracy napped and took off and then she went and got to her friend's house and her friend said oh I'm busy tonight so she's oh, like oh really just come back home <laughs> no she went to Walmart which I always think anytime you go shopping when you're not intentionally shopping it's it's <laughs> bad waiting to happen yeah. but she's she's managing our money a little better she's not getting too crazy with it yeah she was texting Tony at like 9 last night at Walmart I heard I heard the click 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 I was I wasn't I was going to sleep, and I hear the click, 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 and then I hear the, <laughs> of the text, and I said, hey, you need to turn that off if you're going to text at night. <laughs> I'm going to sleep, because I was just at that stage where any little na- noise was going to jerk me out of yeah. <laughs> give me a mild heart attack. I don't like the light. I don't like the fact that Tracy is on her Kindle yeah. with the light in the kid's face when they're trying to put him to sleep. She's like, man, you get the kids to sleep way faster than I do. Mom will say, yeah, I don't have a Kindle shining in their face either. Um, there's some there's some pretty convincing studies about the the whole electronical light. Uh, I think mostly for users, but I don't know about the ambient light from it. Yeah. But anyway, hey, speaking of Nate watching nature, did you see the ant hatch that winged ant hatch the other night? Huh. Oh my word! What was so, it? A whole bunch of them or something? Oh, it was billions. Billions of them. Are we reco- we're not recording, are we? Yeah, it's on. Oh, it is? Okay. Um, they, uh, so, we're, I'm just outside. I forget what I was doing, winding up some work or whatever. And I just look up, and it looked like smoke drifting across the fields. And I'm like, what the world? And then I looked, and it, it was over the garden. It was in the yard. They were thick. I mean, just billions. And then, wow. so Jeb, ever my mm-hmm. naturalist, he, he says, look, Papa, I know where they're coming from. And he takes me over to this ant colony and there there's three or four places in the in the yard where we know there's big ant things under the ground ant colonies mm-hmm. every single one of them was expelling these at the same time so different places like in the yard out, they were just like marching out and flying away wow and they had all these little <clears throat> ant escorts and i mean the whole the whole countryside was full of them it was like smoke coming off the fields Wow. Coming on, I mean, you could just see them drifting through. They're all over the garden. The swallows and things were just going nuts, eating them. Mm-hmm. And you just open your mouth and fly. You could. I mean, <laughs> I, I was thinking about actually going on a bike ride that night, and then I decided not to because I didn't want to eat winged ants all night long. You know, one one thing that might be fun, and I think it's okay to talk about our recording as we're recording, yeah. um, but not too many people do this. Maybe they do. I don't know. Just sit down and shoot the breeze for yeah. five minutes. People can fast forward through it if they want, but we can just 
almost make that a scheduled part of yeah. recording. That that shoot, I'm sorry I missed it. That sounds really cool. And like I, cloud, clouds of insects. Yeah, it was just like smoke. And having just recently returned from the high country and fly fishing and, and things like that, fly fishermen are always in tune with what's hatching at any particular time oh, really? because they match their flies with whatever it is that happens to be hatching. So, I don't know, I, I feel particularly in tune with that sort of rhythm right now, so it was interesting, I, I told Tony, I said, we should write that on the calendar and then watch the weather and see what the weather has to do with ant hatches and <laughs> what's going on, the seasons and everything, but, yeah. So, the not quite one inch cigar update, um, it's a little boring to me, but instead of just judging it, I want to try to say what I'm tasting. Um, in some Connecticut's, I've tasted more sweet, and I'm, I'm I wear that on my sleeve. I like a little I like a little sweet, regardless if it's a bold cigar or not. I agree with that. So I wish there was a little more sweet. Um, there's something about the earthiness of it that is a bit one-dimensional. It's like it's it's almost dried dried leaves, ironically. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Dried leaves. Yeah. In a, in kind of a bad way though. Sometimes, like sometimes you get that damp, earthy leaf smell. It's like that's more pleasing. But dried, it's almost dried leaves in a yeah, boring like way. Burning leaves in your fall in the fall. Yeah, which isn't horribly offensive, but it's not not the most wonderful taste. Well, I don't know if there's this much variance in just. The batches, but I, I actually am, I'm tasting more sweet. Okay. And I, I, I get your one-dimensionalness, that's for sure. But it's, uh, at least for me right now, I'm getting a, it's not unpleasant. It's, it doesn't taste dirty, I guess. Mm -hmm. It doesn't taste dirty to me. It does taste like dried leaves, though, because that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I was going to say one more thing. The, the tingle seem the tingle surprises. It's there's not much of it, but there's more than I would a little more than I would expect with the Connecticut. But it's not unpleasant. I I don't mind the tingle in, in my mouth and throat. Why don't you, Doug, repeat what it is that we are smoking? Because I, I think we clipped that off the front end of this recording. Today we are smoking the uh, La Aurora. Connecticut, and this is from the Preferito line. It's not the fancy Torpedo Perfecto. It's just a, it's probably a Corona. I can't remember for sure, but it's pretty close to a Corona shape. And uh, so we bought the collection of six, I think it is, is what we got. So, and this is about the third well, one we've tried. I had a funky burn going. It's evened itself out, and now I just oh, lost my ash. and Dropped off it. That, that little of a, of a mouth. So it was about an inch, I suppose. And we, and we liked, we both liked the last one, which was the Maduro. The Maduro, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Whatever we've smoked, two or three of them, I think we've smoked, and the Maduro was so far was the best. I will say though that this is this is a this is equaling it for me. I like that. Okay. I like this. It isn't yet for me. Some, something more's got to happen. So. So we'll give it some time. I don't want to, you know, things things change. Sometimes they transition a little, and sometimes my palate develops, and sometimes I'm just too much of a 
picky person. <laughs> it changes day by day, though. Mm-hmm. Even the weather can change the way I taste a cigar. You know, today it's a pretty humid, overcast day. <clears throat> the sort of entire atmosphere is a little bit sweeter. I feel like hot, summery days are <laughs> more bitter. I don't know. It's, it affects the way I taste things. It does. One of the fun things about, I might have told you this before, but about enjoying a pipe, um, smoking, Virginias are a little, I don't, I don't want to say harder, but you have to, you have to be a little more cautious when you're smoking a Virginia, because if you just, just going at it and you're drawing too hard, they'll burn your tongue. In fact, sometimes burlies do too, but, but some Virginia flakes that I really love, smoke them in a clay pipe in the winter. That clay, in fact, in the clay in the summer always cools them, but in the winter, if I'm smoking a Virginia out on the back porch where it's freaking freezing and I'm covered up with a blanket, there's something different about smoking them when it's 80. They don't taste the same. Yeah. You know, when the temperature oh, going I fully in. Agree. In fact, I, I mean, you know this, I don't generally like a pipe very much in the summertime. Yeah. It just, I, yeah, doesn't satisfy. So I kind of want to show you, just point up to my chimney, which means we'll walk out for a second. I want you to see my bat netting. You can't see much of this, but you'll get to take a peek. for bat netting, it's designed to do that. So I thought, well, instead of paying a bunch of money for bat netting, I'll just use that. I'll make my own. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, it's good. And the first night, they and I've read that bats don't cycle out every day. It's about they're on about a three-day cycle, and this is, I think, the fourth or fifth day. But the first day, six bats, we watched six come out. It was really cool to wow. see them kind of, whoop, you know, <laughs> crawling out of the netting and flying out. And the, we didn't see any others after that. Well, speaking of varmints and pests, what's on the political front this week? <laughs> That's a great transition. Man, what a segue. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the bats coming out of the woodwork and uh, they're hidden places. Well, it's a little bit old news. The Google guy getting fired was interesting, but then they got they got the riots down in Virginia. What, Char- Charlotte? Charlotte? Charlottesville. 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 Now they're... Freudian slip. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's really fascinating this stuff that's going on, and and I think it's exceptionally fascinating how everything uh, seems to be labeled as the president's fault, because <laughs> I think that I really don't think he has anything at all to do with what's going on. I think everybody that I've talked to, and I talk to a lot of people concerning these things, they all kind of agree with me. Like, what is what, why is the president being blamed for all this stuff? I heard a really interesting commentary yesterday who was talking about the fact, and it's really undisputed, you can follow the money, that the same people that are propping up and funding Black Lives Matter, Antifa, you know, these sort of George Soros, ultra-leftists, we'll just call them Marxist, mm-hmm. underground Marxist people, that are funding these groups, have also been funding... The white supremacist groups. No way, are they? So I didn't totally. know that. Okay. Yeah, totally. Okay. So, so here's what you've got. And, and, and I think that the American people really have to be smart about this because 
it's very easy to be sucked into a dichotomy. Mm-hmm. We we've been trained as the American people to say it's either this or this. Like take the take the elections. Every single presidential election, it's either are you going to vote for the Democrat or are you going to vote for the Republican. We're we're always locked into this sort of this. Are you this one or are you this one? And so they've erected these sort of two extreme social groups, and they and they try to make it as if you have to be one or the other. You are either with the white supremacists and you're going to defend their stupid torch march thing that they did, or you're with Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and you're against them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a totally false dichotomy. It's not, it's not, it's not right or correct. And, and it's just, it's almost like they're doing exactly the same thing that we've seen done in other areas, uh, they did exactly the same thing in Ukraine and Crimea and all this different thing where they erect, they sort of like erect these two political extremes, cause them to fight, and then pretty soon you have civil war. And, and granted, or not granted, I'm kind of concerned that people are getting sucked into these sides because they're not even real sides to me. Yeah. You go. <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's a lot to say there that... The, the first thing, that, since you ended on sides, I'll, I'll touch on that, but then I, I want to go back to just being being blamed for something that's not mm-hmm. really who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But the sides thing, that's a, that's a huge deal, because one of the, it seems like the foundational principles, you know, I, I want to say the foundational principles of the United States were, were centrist, but I'm trying to define what centrism is, so I am kind of, you know, so I'm, I'm biased towards what I think it should be. But when you just say, if you're in public, you get to say what you think, and you don't get to punch somebody. That's a pretty nice way to live, yeah. you know? Um, because if I say something really stupid, um, first of all, I have the right to be, <laughs> to be stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> with, without you punching me, but it also helps I hear it when I say it. And when I hear it, I think, geez, was that, was that okay? And if somebody else challenges it, I either strengthen my own view by saying, no, your view isn't quite good enough, it doesn't hold up. Or I say, you know, wait, yours kind of makes sense. But in that dialogue, relationship matters. If I don't, if I don't like you and don't know you, I kind of don't care about your opinion. And so as, we, as we're trying to be pushed to sides, we have to realize we're not just left and right. We're not extreme left, we're not extreme right. What we are is we're Americans that can, can talk about this stuff without shooting each other, without driving over each other in a car, this is ridiculous. Um, and we and we should, I think we should have the freedom to say, you're wrong, you're evil, and then you have the opportunity to say, no, I'm not, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Getting blamed for, gosh, you know, as, as Christians, <clears throat> I think we've felt in our culture, getting blamed for things, Christianity getting blamed for things that we're not actually doing. Mm -hmm. For sure. I heard a guy say once, um, Jesus Christ Show is a really cool podcast to listen to. I think it's still in existence today, but um, Jesus, (laughs) on the Jesus Christ (laughs) podcast, he said, if if Joe, Joe Gumat, would walk down the street... And start punching people and say, that's from Doug Mills! That's from Doug Mills! Just start punching people. Sooner or later, people are going to get pissed at Doug Mills. They're going to have a pretty negative view of you. Right. And I have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's happening oh, yeah. with particularly um, the alt-right folks. They s- might support some of Trump's policies. That doesn't mean that Trump is, is a white supremacist. Yeah. Just because a white supremacist like what he 
what he does. Yeah. And so, as far as the president's <clears throat> concerned, he's held these people, or he's rejected these people since even before he was running for office. I actually heard an excerpt from an interview that he gave. I mean, I, I forget exactly how long ago it was, but it was more than 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how he was upset because David Duke had joined uh, the, what was it, the Reform Party or something like this, mm-hmm. or some 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 political action group or something like that. He was upset because David Duke, uh, KKK, mm-hmm. basically, he uh, he's a rotten person and he didn't want didn't want the political group to be associated with people like that. And this is way before he was mm-hmm. he was running for office. And and uh, <clears throat> so I just think it's ridiculous that the just your example of me punching people in the face and blaming it on Doug yeah. is exactly what's happening with the president. Mm-hmm. Well, and <clears throat> we also have to remember that political parties move. And in general, that's a good thing. But they can, they can move pretty quickly if people get involved. Mm-hmm. And if the wrong people get involved... That's part of the system. I'm not sure that we should stop the wrong people from getting involved. I think we should make the right people, you know, our job is to empower the right people. Yeah. To get involved. So, <clears throat> my ass just fell off. I feel like I should say, right before it fell off, I started to get a little more of what I expected in a, that nice sweet in a Connecticut and a hint of something else I can't identify yet, both of which were pleasing. And so, I'm starting to like this more. So, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Any, any comments from you? Nope. I'm still I'm still enjoying it. I'm hitting this pretty hard, actually, though. I'm, looks like my cadence... Uh, comparing size here. Pretty close. Pretty darn close. Um, <clears throat> no, it's, it's good, actually. I feel a little bit of nicotine at the moment. <clears throat> oh, that's, that's good to note. Which isn't bad. <clears throat> okay, yeah. It's pleasant. It's not overpowering. I'm not turning green. <clears throat> I'm not turning green yet. not turning green. A little bit's okay, as long as I don't start talking fast. <laughs> Just like... I tend to dominate conversations if I drink too much coffee or, or smoke. Yeah, or and I am drinking stuff. coffee. I do like to enjoy a cigar with coffee. I feel like it complements well. You're, you're on the water today. I right? am on Unless the water. you've got vodka in there. You're not no. <laughs> if no. you're holding out on me, I'm, that's going to harm the relationship. No no vodka. <laughs> this is water today. I, you know, and I've said this before, that I, I do like enjoying certain things by themselves. I like tobacco enough that I like to taste it by itself. And I have had some good experiences, like mixing scotch and and tobacco, but generally I, I'm a purist, and I want to just get it that way. But what's your what's your experience with your coffee and your cigar? They're just they're just <clears throat> complementing well. In fact, I think that the coffee is uh, it, today is a really good palate cleanser. <clears throat> it feels it feels clean as a you know I take a sip of coffee. It feels like it cleans out the the bitterness of the cigar, and actually is highlighting the sweetness. I think a little bit for me. That's interesting. I do think that when you said bitterness there, I think that the leafiness, there might be a hint of bitter. It's not. It's nothing like when you're smoking a really bold, well, if you will, a bold, cheap cigar that tends to get yeah. bitter and taste dirty. Totally. <clears throat> Just a hint of that in the leafiness. Yeah. It's interesting, an interesting coincidence, I think. I was just talking to one of our elders this morning. It's an interesting coincidence that we have all... So in society and politics and American culture right now, we've got a lot of things going where there's all these factions, you know? We're talking about these factions, and honestly, there are more factions than just what we've talked about, the white supremacists and the Antifa, Black Lives Matter type, you know, 
ultra right, ultra left. There's more factions than that. America's really factionalized. Um, there's movement in the church, and there's movement in, on the political spectrum. They're never too far separated, but I think it's really fascinating that right now we're getting ready to, as a church, move into the book of Jeremiah, which is actually, a, it seems particularly appropriate right now. And uh, I've been I've been doing a lot of study in that book right now, and it's uh it's interesting that <clears throat> God always says the same thing. His character's consistent. He has the same answers today for this factionalization and lots of lies in the church, and and he has this he says the same thing to his people now as he said then, and it's just interesting how that's all sort of taking shape right now, particularly it's just. It feels significant, if you put it that way. Um, I've been fascinated by that lately. Well, I, th I think an interesting, an interesting lesson is, is what people, people get caught up in this idea that like, God would always be to the right. You know, the religious right. Yeah. And I'll probably even promulgated that a little bit. <clears throat> but at this point, the church would say, if you're a white supremacist, then God would actually move you left. Not right, and it, and it's not always right left. I'm 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 creating the dichotomy as I speak. <laughs> yeah. So so, yeah. but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Even even within that, mm -hmm. yes, sometimes you are moving left. That isn't exactly the right answer. It's probably something higher. It's toward not truth. Let's let's yeah. say that let's say that your idea of centrism mm -hmm. from the founding fathers, I think, was more <clears throat> truth centric than centrist. Yeah, exactly. Politically, as far as the political right left scale goes, w way to call, way to call me out on that. You're right. I think that that they the reason that they arrived at some of the social um, formation that they did was because they believed that that truth mattered and it was real mm -hmm. and it could be arrived at by a healthy pluralistic dialogue. Yeah. That's that's the thing that we're missing. I think is that both of the ends of our political spectrum, right and left, neither one of them advocate for a pluralistic. Yeah. society where you right. can actually bring arguments like you were talking yeah. about earlier both of them want total control and they want to annihilate anybody who doesn't believe think act like they do that's why they're both wrong right so we're not actually coming saying necessarily come back to the center we're saying come back to what's right come back to what's free come back to what's true yeah. where, where we can all live together mm -hmm. <clears throat> which i'm probably not theologically studied enough to come back to this but that's a christian idea oh absolutely i mean the Christ, the christians are the ones that say that we want even the non-christians in our society to, to grow up and have good families and <coughs> practice their religion freely mm -hmm. partly because we're not afraid <laughs> of, of that well i mean just even to be able to say that we want good things for all people mm -hmm. you have to acknowledge that there is a good and that there is a bad and that's that's we're not even there as a society. We're not even willing to acknowledge that there is an ultimate absolute good or an ultimate absolute bad. We're just kind of floating in this sort of false plural. Uh, how do I say it? Sort of a f f uh, crippled idea of what it means to be open. Or yeah, open and diverse. Let me yeah. <clears throat> let me comment on that. And it's I'm actually not real clear. This is an idea I've been kind of working through in my brain lately. Um, I've heard a couple people say it. I've listened to Ben Shapiro so much, he's probably said it too. But diversity, for the sake of diversity, isn't necessarily 
a good idea. <clears throat> um, and business people <laughs> that are just out there to, to be good business people and make money know that. Um, and so it's interesting that you can look at it from a business perspective, but unless you're standing on some foundation um, that's, that's, a, that's a more important value than <clears throat> non-diversity, then you don't, you don't have any, the diversity doesn't matter. But if you can stand on a solid foundation and say, we want people to be free, we want people to be good, to grow, have a flourishing life, and if you want that, then yes, we, we welcome your diversity. But if you don't want that, if you want to destroy that foundation, then yes, at the core we're saying, don't be here. If you don't want people to be free, if you want to oppress people, then no, you're not welcome. Mm -hmm. And in one hand, that sounds like something to fight over. And so, yes, there are things worth fighting for, but we're fighting for the foundation. We're not fighting for the non-diversity. We're fighting for the foundation that we're putting the diversity on top of. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so... It can be it can be a little complicated to try to communicate that idea, but I think you're right. There's yeah, there there's diversity is, is has a purpose. Yeah. It's not just diversity for the sake of diversity. Oh. <clears throat> Lost my ash again. Oh, okay. Which I don't know. It um, I'm moving around a lot. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I would say my legs and... I, I would say it seems to be falling off sooner than it seems like it ought. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't kind of don't care <laughs> if it if I, if I'm enjoying it. It's not gonna degrade our marks on the old Aurora. Not really. I mean, yeah. Mostly, I'm about I'm about the flavor. I would occasionally, if I had to work too hard at smoking it, if, if the wrapper was cracking and had holes in it, that would bug me. But because mm -hmm. it's just a pain. But if we can just talk and enjoy it, this is it's enjoyable. It's a little bit a little bit boring for me. It got got some sweetness, and then that's the only transition that happened. And it's been mostly consistent. I like consistent sticks, but I like consistent sticks that <laughs> that are what I want to taste. Mm -hmm. I just got something interesting, just in that last little puff there. I'm trying to identify it. Veg it's a, it was a sort of like a vegetable, like we were, what were we talking about that last week? What was the word you used? Last week, the... You, you had a veg, a veg, a veg, a veg, a vega, vega, vega. Vegetative, vegetative? I don't know what I said, I don't remember what I said. You said a word. <clears throat> Your nomenclature is shrunk. Huh? A vegetal flavor? A vegetal? Maybe that was yeah, it. Maybe. <clears throat> um, I might have said something about green leafy stuff. I think green leafy stuff has a consistency about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, there's, a, there's a hint of something I, I wouldn't expect to get in a Connecticut. Like I'd expect to get it in some boulder cigar. A, a hint of a savory, almost a sal salty. But it's so, it's so minuscule it's hard to identify. Yeah. But I'm... Because this is a milder flavor profile, I'm working harder to try to see what I'm tasting. But it's interesting that I'm getting that hint of salt or something. So, so we're diversity. We're talking about the false dichotomy. We're 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 looking at the world, <clears throat> politics, Trump. I I want to know just to. Kind of maybe leapfrog. Mm -hmm. 
I I think that there is a, a huge sense of concern that a lot of people I talk to are carrying right now because they see the they see the sort of storm that's brewing with mm-hmm. and how these ideas are dangerous. And I I'm not sure what a good person when I say a good person I'm, I'm I guess I'm basically speaking from the framework of the church of the common Christian man Christian woman. I'm, I think that there's a the kind of the one of the big unanswered questions that a lot of people that I am talking to have is what do we do with this concern? Mm. You know I feel like <clears throat> I feel like most of us understand or have come to the realization consciously or unconsciously that politics act, action in politics isn't going to really solve any of these problems. And so we see this concern, we sort of see the clouds on the horizon of, of what this could mean for us, what it has meant in history when countries um, go to extremes like this. Generally what it means is a lot of hardship, sometimes war. Certainly we see social tensions rising. I, I think that a lot of Christians today don't really know what to do with that concern. Um, there's a lot of blanket answers, you know, we need to pray, we need to ask God, we need you know, to grow close to God. That is certainly true because... I mean, we've already asserted here in this conversation that that uh, he that God is the keeper of truth. That Jesus' example of of living is the is the way. And so, but it's it's interesting, you know. I mean, I was talking to again a friend recently where you know it is concerning. What do we do with this concern? We um, obviously we're kind. Of, I would I don't know if we could say worried, but certainly we see the the potential disaster that could come to our, our society and our culture. What do we do with that? <laughs> We're all about action, right? Yeah. Taking action, but what action do we take? It's well, kind of hard. Well, the first, the first thing that came to my mind when you started saying that was, um, I think we need to be a little bit guarded on what we're concerned about. Because I, I wanted to come up with some really cool phrase that I could say that makes me sound cool as we're recording ourselves. But something like... Um, <clears throat> policy... Let's see. I think we should be more, if we're, if we're talking politics a little bit, be more concerned with policy than what's popular. And, and that comes back to we need to be guarded on what we're concerned about. There's right. so many, with everything at our fingertips on the Internet, we can be concerned about something that we maybe just shouldn't waste our time being concerned about. <clears throat> um, because there are things in the media, they're about hype, they're about uh, provoking us to, to, to think about things, to be interested, to come back to the site and watch it again. Yep. And sometimes we just need to say, you know, I mean, somebody somebody died in the riot in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and 20 or so people were injured. So it's like, okay, maybe I should maybe I should be concerned about that. Um, but it's all over the media, and we do we ever check it? Do we ever say that one person died? And I, I hate it. When one person died, it's horrible. But I hate that we have to sometimes say, well, wait a minute. Yeah. There might be hundreds of people dying over here somewhere else. Or there might be a bad policy that's really oppressing people over here. Should I be worried about that? Um, but we do have to start making those value judgments because there's just too much out there for us to say not even too much to be concerned about, but too many distractions. Absolutely. And we, we really have to focus on where we're putting our concern. Well, I think that you highlight a, a really good point, and I'm reminded of of, uh, of a sort of famous incident <clears throat> concerning uh, G.K. Chesterton. I think it was Time magazine. 
that put out a series of articles years ago. I think it was I might be I might be totally wrong, and I'm actually quoting another speaker that quotes this often. But okay. um, he said that there was a series of articles put out by some publication, uh, and, the, and the series of articles was entitled "What's Wrong with the World," and they were they were talking about all, you know things like we're talking about all these things that are wrong with society, the world, people's thinking, false dichotomies, things like this. And G.K. Chesterton wrote a letter to the editor, and it said something like this, Dear Sir, concerning your article, What's Wrong with the World? I am yours truly, G.K. Chesterton. And I think that ultimately, when you really boil it down, that is the only thing that we have sort of control over is ourselves, how we contribute or take away from the problems and, and how our hearts are before God. Uh, that, I mean, and that's the message in Jeremiah, is it not? I mean... That's kind of what I'm getting, you know. God's saying to Jeremiah and to the people, follow me, follow me wholeheartedly, get your heart squared away. <laughs> and then, honestly, circumstances kind of fall by the wayside, really. So I think that a lot of it boils down to just personal, <clears throat> where are our hearts, where are we investing ourselves, our energy, our resources. I think we make better policy when we realize our our own when we can as best as we can. You, you know, saying you're unbiased is, is a lie. It just means mm -hmm. you don't you haven't identified your biases. <laughs> but as best as we can, seeing our own biases, understanding our own heart, the things that we lean towards that are evil, the things that we lean towards that are good, really trying to get a grasp on that helps us make better policy in the macro. For sure. Um, because we understand that. Yeah, I might be a little selfish here. Um, so, you know, when people can look at their heart, I think that, you know, that, that makes a difference. And I don't, think too, I don't think that's popular. I don't think too many people do that. Um, and even for us that think we do, we have to be like, well, what am I missing? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe I'm dancing around a... a uh, a reality that is we we as a society we as individuals continue to struggle with a lie that's been told that lie being that people are basically good and that everything ought to be okay that we're all equal and that we're we're sort of as a world as a universe sort of gravitating toward goodness by by nature and I don't. And if we just have some more time or some more resources, we can. We can, We'll get it all figured out. It's totally the opposite. We we are, as individuals, I think we have to get in touch with the fact that we each one are infinitely corrupt, and small, and un, you know, in the grand scheme of things, unimportant. That might seem like a like a like a a negative thing to one who really wants to have personal value. But I think we can only grasp our personal value when we realize our personal bankruptcy. Yeah, that's a, that's the, uh, to me that's a starting point. Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably my wife pulling me. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I think I'm gonna. Ready for a big shift? Sure. A bit. I mean, like a giant shift. Fine, fine with me. I, I had 
I was thinking some cons, but they're not huge. Okay. So go ahead, make a, make a shift. All right, this one's a little bit out there. Right. A little bit out there, but it's come to my attention by several, <clears throat> enough credible sources that I think it's at least worth noting and at least worth talking about. I want okay. to talk about it with you. Okay, I'm going to do my very best to... Uh, I'm going to do my very best to give you the facts as I know them. All right, on September 23rd, 2017, which is about a month from now, a month and change from now, mm -hmm. there will be an astronomical occurrence that I think could be of significance. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, whew, I, I ought to have brought some things to look at to reference, but I'm just going to do my best shooting from the hip. Sure. Okay, so there have been three, as I understand it, there have been three times in history when a certain star has appeared. Okay. The first was, as I'm told, is during the call of Abraham. Before the call of Abraham, this, this star appeared. Mm -hmm. The second is when we, the well-known time that this star appeared was when Jesus was born. Uh, the star in the east, this is the star that we're talking about. Okay. And it also appeared <clears throat> almost two years ago. Mm -hmm. On the two-year anniversary of this star appearing, which will be September 23rd, 2017, coming up here, um, again, I, as I said, there's, a begin there's going to be an astronomical occurrence. Now, Jupiter entered into uh, Virgo, It will be nine months to the day on September 23rd. On September 23rd, Jupiter will exit Virgo. It will just happen to exit between her legs as if she's giving birth to Jupiter. Now, Jupiter has long been uh, understood to, be, to symbolize Christ, the Christ child, okay. things like this. At the exact same time, there are also three planets, uh, Mercury, Venus, and... Uh, Mars, I think, that ha that are inside of the constellation Leo, which just happens to be right above the head of Virgo. So basically, what you have is a woman with a crown of twelve star of twelve stars. Is that lion and the planets? Giving is that Leo and the planets are the twelve yeah, stars. Yeah, okay, got yeah, because normally it's nine. Now got it's twelve. Got it. Currently, twelve stars. So, woman with a crown of twelve stars giving birth <clears throat> in the heavens. There are many who say that this is a direct uh, correlation with Revelation, the 12th chapter, where it talks about the woman with the crown of 12 stars giving birth, and then the dragon uh, ready to consume the child, and blah, 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 blah. Okay. I think, I mean, I'm not one that, that, like, lives and dies by this sort of stuff, but it is a pretty crazy coincidence that, oh, also this happens on a Sabbath, on a, the Feast of Trumpets this year, same day. Any thoughts about anything like that? Yes. That's pretty wild, isn't it? It is. I want, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite into the final third of my cigar, so I want to make a comment sure. on that, and I'll, then I'll come back. Um, to, yeah, that's kind of that. a big thing to lay it, out. It is, it is. But it was fun, because I actually focused on my cigars I was listening to you, so that was kind of good. Um, I think I've made my decision that I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy this cigar and smoke it again. Mm. Um, now, it can change, because I've still got... You know, I'm probably the halfway point, maybe a little past halfway. Um, it's not, it's not pleasing me enough. It's not, it's not. If it was sweet, if it was a little sweeter and everything else, I might say, yeah, it's okay. Maybe I'd buy it again, but it's not wowing me enough. Mm -hmm. So I think um, I might be a little premature, but I think I've made my made my decision. I'm going to smoke the rest of it, and so I'm not going to put it out because it's enjoyable enough that I'll finish it. <clears throat> so, and this ash is holding on now. Now it, 
you know, it's holding on longer than any other ash has, but it has been typically dropping off soon, so, mm -hmm. if that matters. So, okay, I, I think the, the, the first thing I want to say... Yeah, just two seconds. Okay. First thing I'm... I'll wait until you get back, then. Just fell. Ash just fell off. Oh. Do you have to leave or are you okay? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Okay. First thing. I hope this isn't going on the recording, but if it is, we'll edit it out or something. The first thing is just a, a comment that, uh, that to, to keep things clear, I don't necessarily think the stars coming into a particular order are causal in, in our human in our human life. That's a general statement, and I'm, I'm willing to talk about it if, if you think they are, but I don't think that the planets getting aligned or doing certain things are causal. I think um, it's really cool to look at how God may have put things in our natural world that reflect his story. Mm -hmm. And that's cool when it's, when it's a reflection of um, God's rescue story. That's cool to look at, and I like it. But it, it does seem um, to look at it as causal seems like it's going to cause certain things, or it's going to cause us to do things. Um, at least from a philosophical or from a mystical standpoint, I think is wrong. Now there could be natural things like three planets come in line, the gravitational forces are pulling against each other, that could cause more tidal waves. Sure. That's a little more, you know, natural. Of it, but I don't think mystically there's anything causal. But I, I, I want to pause and agree with you totally okay. Okay. that this is not causal. I don't think anything is causal. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I like looking looking at the symbolism and saying, oh, that's cool. And as a Christian, just saying, yeah, it looks like God God wrote some things in the sky to, to tell his story. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's cool. I think certainly you have to agree. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't see any way you could argue that because this has been in motion for thousands of years. Yeah. Thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands, if not more, years. So, I mean, it certainly isn't. These things have been set in motion since the beginning. Let's put it that way. So it's not certainly not like, oh, because this happened, this is happening. But I think it's certainly, certainly you also have to argue that God does write his story in the sky and that it, it has been orchestrated by him, so. It's just fascinating to think, because usually, usually what happens is it, when there are occurrences like this, it doesn't cause, but it does usher in. It's a herald of something. Yeah. It's that is either, you know, a season or a, a time or whatever that's kind of coming. Of course, the the uh, <clears throat> the internets are blowing up about it. Of course. I think I just shut off the kid monitor. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a gotta have a monitor out in the out in the garage so you can smoke your cigar when the kids go to sleep at night. That's right. You know. <laughs> yeah. Certainly, the internet's are blowing up, and there's everybody saying that it's from everything from it's the rapture to Nibiru is coming and we're all gonna die to <laughs> to, <laughs> to a season of of tribulation to everything in between to nothing you know i mean there's there's yeah. it's all over the place so it's just fascinating i think it's something that 
it's fun to be aware of, and I don't know what else. Um. Yeah, I, I, and years ago, um, don't remember who who taught me this, but I think it was a foundational thing for me to put into my life that if what we see in the stars is ushering in something, it's probably not as important that something is being ushered in as it is reminding us that we have, that we need to be in line with God. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not as much about being able to predict the future and predict it right. That's that's just about getting hits on the internet, <laughs> you know. It, mm-hmm. But it, it's about making sure my heart's right, regardless of who's right. Yeah, I agree. That prediction. I, to me, to me, the best thing about that is is it's a reminder that we're subject to a sovereignty, God's sovereignty that is unwavering and constant. I love that. Actually, it's it's really neat because sometimes, honestly. I mean, if I'm just speaking from my personal emotional reaction to it, is it's wonderful to see that there is a progression. Sometimes we, I feel like Israel before Christ, you know, where it seems like we're just waiting, and and even in, man, I guess to bring back Jeremiah again, it feels like things aren't going the way we thought they would. That God isn't providing for us like we thought He should, or something like that. But just to be reminded that there's motion, and that there were, that we are we are moving, we're moving forward toward toward a plan and toward order and that's a good reminder for me because it does sometimes seem like we're waiting 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 and yeah and, and it's important I'm glad I'm glad you you distinguished feelings I, I think it's important to realize that just because I feel like God isn't taking care of me doesn't mean he's oh, not right. yeah um, you know and uh, you know on a, on a personal level moving moving from a ministry position mm-hmm. as executive director of a nonprofit into <clears throat> you know into probably um, secular work of some sort, hope, hopefully management, whatever, that doesn't matter. But making that move and realizing that my identity as God's child isn't affected by whether I have a career in ministry or a career in a secular occupation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and that's, a, that's a cool thing, even though there's some question marks in my future right now, um, how I'm going to provide for my family in that. But um, knowing that that I'm secure, and that you know we're we're, we're going to be okay. And I and, and I know there's a little bit in my in my thinking. There's a little bit of I've got. I'm a worst case scenario guy. If I don't get a job, we're going to change that. I, I, I'm going to change this for you. <laughs> I know it's yeah, and I'm it's already changing in me a little, but but I know it. So that's why. So I'm in the process right now. But mm-hmm. you know, I say worst case scenario, I don't get a job. The house burns down. My family, my family dies, and 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 I die, oh, and then we all go to heaven. You know, and I'm like, oh, great, we're all in heaven. That's awesome. But God's rescue story is more than just about me going to heaven. It has, it, it has so much for the present. Mm-hmm. And yes, worst case scenario, I will still be okay. God is still God. But also, if I can align myself with the reality, with the truth of who God is, that will offer some results that bring glory to God right now. Mm. And that is the best way to live. Yeah, it is. Actually, I've been doing a lot of thought about some of those themes 
very recently. Mm. I mean, building from, I don't know if you sensed or not, I was, last week when we talked, a little bit of frustration, not frust- not frustration as in, woe is me, I am undone, but frustration as in, like, what is, what is the significance of what I'm doing? Maybe some of these same things that you're struggling with or thinking about is for your future. Excuse me. But, um, frustration as in, what is the spiritual, eternal significance of the, of the work that I am doing? And, uh, it's, it, it is impo- it's so important to, gra- to seize upon the fact that the things that we do in daily life, whether it's feeding chickens or pigs or checking cows or, or uh, you know, doing paperwork, whatever, that these things do have significance because they have a, sign- they have a bearing on our character. They have a bearing on how we, how we reflect God's qualities and how we view Him and ourselves in relationship to Him. It's you're right. The, the things that that we do are are they are spiritually significant. And it's so important to remember that because you know we're trained to think again in this dichotomy like either this is spiritual or it's not spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a falsehood we have to overcome. I think it is, and I it, it, categorizing things is important when, to to understand things. So it's I think it's okay to categorize things as spiritual and non spiritual as long as we have an understanding that. That's that's simply to, to, to talk about to understand things, yeah. but that isn't necessarily the reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's kind of like the difference between um, systematic theology and living. Yeah, uh, you know, systematic theology kind of chops everything up so mm-hmm. that we can categorize it and, and understand it. Um, but living is way more fluid than that. That is true. <clears throat> My cigar did go out. I relit it. Okay. During this shuffle here. Okay. But it still tastes good. I, I, okay, so let me weigh in now. Yeah, I'm, I'm down to the to the nub here myself. I give this one a thumbs up. Okay, I've really enjoyed it. It has it has been uh, pleasantly non burdensome. Some of the some of the other cigars that we have that are less mild, should we say, have sort of a dirty residue that I feel. I don't get that from this one. And so I've really, I've really, really enjoyed this. Actually, this this would be one that I might purchase. Okay. So compare it to the Maduro that we had last week. It's cleaner. I just that's okay. all I can say is that it's cleaner. Which did you like better? I kind of like this one better. Okay. Honestly, I know I'm not supposed to, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta gotta watch. I'm not supposed, supposed to, to but I do. I like this one better. It just seems cleaner. I don't. My mouth doesn't feel dirty. So, yeah. okay, we we should. There's a. I wish I could remember what it was. I'll have to look it up. But it came out within the last five years. My wife will say I smell dirty. No, but I don't. I don't feel dirty. Go no. ahead. So I didn't mean to. That's that's okay. <laughs> there's supposed to be a Connecticut that came out like in the last five years sometime. That's kind of has just been. As soon as it came out, poof, it went to the top of the charges. This is like the best Connecticut ever. Really, and it hasn't like. Like for five years, it's like yeah, that's still the best Connecticut out there. So we need to we need to find that mm. and try a Connecticut because I usually like Connecticut's and I'm kind of surprised that I didn't like this as well. Mm. Um, and I know, yeah. And mine didn't go out, but it got a wonky burn and and wonky in a couple ways. The burn line wasn't straight, but also it almost looked like the binder was burning under the wrapper and the wrapper was charring. Notice how it's a little more black yeah. Yeah. instead of just so it ha- something weird happened in that final third which didn't affect mm-hmm. the flavor at all 
I was and I've only gotten just small blasts of sweet. It hasn't the sweet hasn't been consistent the whole time. Yeah, interesting. So, which is I wish it had been because I like it when I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a, and a light retro hail makes this it makes the sweet come out a little better too. We have to we have to close this session up here pretty soon. But okay. what uh, is I've heard a lot of people referencing this is another big shift. But I've heard a lot of people referencing Oskaloosa laws are, are they. Are 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 uh, property management things shifting? Did they pass new regulations? What's going on? I'll answer your question and not start on a fifteen minute. <laughs> we can save di- that di- diatribe. Save, save it for time. the comment section. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, they passed a rental code, and the my short under sixty second commentary is: community development is always the nice way of saying we're going to push people to the external communities because they say, well, we're going to charge the landlords to develop the property, but that cost is pushed. If you're a good business person, you're still going to make money, so that's always pushed onto the tenants, and it's under the guise of improving the property for the tenants, but it actually improves the property for the community and pushes the tenants that can't afford it anymore to the outlying communities. Now, you call that gentrification? Maybe I'm, I'm not sure that might that might be and and whatever I'm I'm not necessarily against it I'm just against the guise of we're making our community better when it's kind of about pushing lower income people out mm. but whatever I don't care I want my community to be better I'm happy you know they passed the code the, the only negative is that they say it's because of safety but they're only making the rental people do it if it was really about safety every home. Should be making these Don't changes. give them any ideas. Yeah. We're going to edit that out. Mm. I don't want to give them any yeah. ideas. <laughs> well, any, anyway, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really in favor of that anyway. No, that's okay. But um, as a business person, I'm going to start looking in the outlying communities to buy properties that I can cash flow and, and make a nice rental property for some people where I'm not going to be pressured mm-hmm. um, by the local governments, but I can give them a, a, a nice deal for a nice price. Prices here will go up, and that's what that's what they want. So code passed and I don't I, I think they did it as best as they could if, if government's going to be involved and do that they did they did okay were you involved with the sort of legislative process of that or no. did you get involved to go to meetings or anything no it's probably a good thing I didn't I, I might not be able to control my mouth enough um, to do that but I probably should have I probably should be involved and should learn to control my mouth so that I'm not just some jerk spouting off like a lot of the people that I see on the internet <laughs> yeah, yeah it's hard it is. So. Okay. Are we going to close the recording at some point? We've, we we can, can close it wherever we want <clears throat> in post. But Oh, that's true. Okay. Um, enough of the cigar left. I hope we have time to finish it. Is your is your wife here to pick you up? or she She's just visiting Tracy. Okay. Yeah. Wanted to just say hi. Good, 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 good. Hmm. I, I don't... Uh, I'm always looking for excuses to enjoy tobacco with people. Yeah. So I always, and I'm, I'm kind of a person that likes sharing and like promoting stuff. And so I'm trying to, trying to get this little collection of pipes I'm no longer going to mm-hmm. keep. So if somebody, <clears throat> somebody wants something, they never come over, they can just enjoy it. They can smoke one of my cobs and throw it back in the basket, you know, or they can drop five bucks in the basket and take it with them. And then I'll use it to buy some tobacco that I'll share next time somebody comes over and 
but um, I'm kind of happy that I got this little collection of pipes and stuff out here to, to share. And, mm -hmm. and that really means that I've been blessed and I have some really nice pipes inside and I can kind of sure. toss these out here. I like focusing on being blessed, especially with finances potentially getting tight coming up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Any movement on the job front? Did you um, apply for the uh, perpetual prosperity? Whatever yeah. what was it called? <laughs> Continuous improvement. Continuous manager. improvement. I did. Good. I did. I, and I got a word from somebody who is a little bit of a negative person, but he's also got some knowledge of, of the company. And he said it's likely I won't even get an interview, and I, I, I don't care. I asked, I asked him that question. Mm -hmm. I wanted him, to, I, so he didn't just volunteer that to like be depressing to me. But he said you probably don't be surprised if you don't get an interview because I'm not. My expertise isn't in manufacturing. I think continuous improvement is the way I think, but I don't have 16 years in manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My 16 years is, yes, I've done continuous improvement, but on a very different level. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. Um, but I also uh, applied for the uh, digital content editor, mm -hmm. which, gosh, I, I don't want to put too, you know, I'm on purpose acting like I'm not going to get that job, but that just seems like the only negative is it might be a lonely job, but mm -hmm. gosh, if I could go and make a nice annual salary and edit their digital stuff, man, that might be a perfect job for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Get a screen filter, so if I'm staring at a screen six hours, eight hours a day, I'm not... Burning my eyes out. Yeah, that's good. <sighs> but I realized I also um, had a meeting with a business consultant who reminded me, but also recommended. He said he'd be a reference, and he said, you know, just these. Here's some emails for some HR people. Just send them your resume. He said that's not that's not inappropriate, yeah. especially because I know them all. And he gave me a couple that I don't know, but it's like I know almost every one that he gave me mm -hmm. the email for. I forgot a couple people that I knew. I went to church with an HR lady in Moscow. Very cool. So, yeah, I should just say, hey, transitioning, here's where my expertise are. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I appreciate it. You shoot me something back if you see something where I could be of value to your company. Mm-hmm. It's good. So. It's really good. Yeah. And... God bless them, a farm family that donated loads of money to Youth for Christ over the years, called me and said, hey, if August 31st comes and you don't have anything, we can always use someone on the farm. We know you got some expertise in electrical and probably in construction a little bit too. Sweet. So we're flexible. If you want to come and that's make, cool. make some money. That's yeah, great. that's... And I might... Uh, if I don't have something... Just stay in, busy just to do something? In lieu of... Taking an eight dollar an hour job at Walmart, which which would be fine to get me, you know, get by in the interim. That might be better to tell them, hey, why don't I just come and work, you know, six hours a day, mm -hmm. you know, four yeah. or five days a week, and see what see what I I shoot. I know them well enough. I'd almost I'd almost say at the end of the week, you tell me what you think I'm worth, and if I like it, I'll come back next week, and if I don't, <laughs> I won't. And you know, I because I think they'd be more than fair. And that might be a night, get me outside, get me working, kind of, you know, I'm a little soft because I've been exercising, but kind of get me back in the swing of, sure. of that. So, anyway. Some, there's some, there's a, there was a, like a hazelnut in that last, in that last 
puff. It's too bad I'm right at the end. But yeah, it's pretty much closing out the old cigar here. Something I didn't try, and which I've, I've mentioned to you before that this this can change things. Drawing super easy or drawing super hard. Yeah. I should have tried that because especially heating up the tobacco sometimes makes a makes a difference. Or changing the temperature, whether you're heating it up or not. Mm -hmm. You know, tobacco change, tobacco climate change is what it is. You don't it's know if it's actually getting hotter or colder. Climate change, right? Yeah. We just know it's changing. Very good. Well, let's uh, let's close out this recording session here, Doug. Do you have okay. any closing words to say before we say goodbye? Um, I'm thankful that we can talk, hopefully give somebody some things that to think about whether it's cigars or politics or life. Cool. I'm glad we recorded. That's all I have to say. Very cool. <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, we haven't really figured out what format we're going to publish this in yet, if we publish this. So uh -huh. um, by the time we do, there will be an area to comment and comment below. So if you have any thoughts, uh, feel free to get a hold of us. Place your comment below. We'll be happy to get back to you and let us know how we can make things better, things you want us to, uh, you want to hear us talk more about. Or any input, uh, topic suggestions, we welcome them all. Cigar suggestions. Cigar suggestions. <laughs> if you want to send us some cigars, there'll be a way to do that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Free cigars. Woo. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.